Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans. Ah, fuck. Get in the kitchen and calm down. Or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Welcome to the BloodandMud.com podcast. It's episode 88. Uh, two fat ladies, Josh, you and your mother. Not you and your mother. I don't know why I said it Stay like on. that. Stay on. I just enjoyed the sort of weird, like, vaudeville thing that you did at the start why. of it. I have literally like, no idea why I said that. <laughs> I had jazz hands going and everything. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Make them laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, my baby, and all that. Hello, I am Lee Calvert, and I am obviously from the 1920s this week, but I'm also yeah. the editor on blowingmud.com. <laughs> And over there, that gentleman is... George Formby or something, I don't know. Uh, Josh, apparently, I'm Josh Gardner of the shitwatch.com. He most certainly is. You can get this is touch... a very strange intro, oh, even by... I'm not even going to redo it, I don't care. This is a, it's the... This, you get in touch with the pod, at Blood and Mud, and you can get in touch with us at bloodandmud.com, and Lee at bloodandmud.com, and all of that good stuff. And yes. you can get hold of Josh when he stopped laughing at... Uh, at Josh Gardner or at Rugby Shirt Watch, we're coming down your wireless today. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have in my hand a piece of paper. <laughs> yes, <laughs> signed by Brett Gosper. <laughs> it's not for Ireland, yeah, but it's yeah. so anyway. Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about that. Oh, course, we, that we? was yeah. last week. That's old news. Right then, yeah. thank you very much, everybody. Who's left their reviews. We've had a few reviews again this week, Josh. First of all, <laughs> amazingly, amazingly. <laughs> First of all, uh, another on- anonymous reviewer has left this one. A considered opinion after a year's subscription, the person says. Right. Five stars. Jesus. A rugby review by a sweary northern Winnie the Pooh with a Welsh Eeyore who's even more gloomy. <laughs> oh, that's good. Welsh yeah. Eeyore is going straight in the Twitter bio. I don't <laughs> mind telling you. But somehow it's brilliant, this person says. So that's the reviews. Thank you very much, everybody. Leaves a review. Thank you for everybody who subscribes and listens to us on Acast and on Apple Podcasts and any other pod players or 
or wherever. Should we do some player spotted? Yes, always. Ellis Davis got in t- touch on Twitter. He said, this morning I saw Luke Charteris at a hotel in Reading. Second Luke Charteris spotting this, by the way. We had another one. When he was by the roundabout. It's hard to, to be fair, he is hard to miss. He is hard to miss. I saw Luke Charteris in a hotel this morning in Reading. He got stuck in the revolving doors, but only momentarily. He did look a bit worried until he got through. <laughs> there you go. That's nowhere near as good as John Barclay's scarf getting caught in the revolving doors. Do you remember that one? Oh. I do enjoy the mundanity of he looked a little bit concerned for a minute, but then he was fine. <laughs> We've all been there in a revolving door, haven't we? We have all ooh, been there. Ooh, oh, no, not... it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Another player spotted. Uh, Rob JM on f- got in touch via the Facebook page. He said, one for the player spotted, but I'm not sure if it counts. Well, we'll find out now. Well. He said, I was at the stoop and I was standing in the King's Bar with my dad before the game against some team. I like that. Vague. <laughs> Brilliant. Can't remember who. While drinking, I heard someone say, excuse me, I moved slightly and quickly glanced and noticed it's Austin Healy. Caught off guard, oh. I didn't say anything and just watched him walk to what I presume was the TV crew. I said to my dad, hey, that was Austin Healy just walked past there. My dad responded, oh, was it? And then we got back to our beers. <laughs> I like that. I'm just amazed that Austin Healy said, excuse me. That's the real big shoving news, you out of the way. <laughs> that is, that's the real news here. Yeah. Let's do some news before we get into what we learned from the weekend. Yes, indeed. Oh, by the way, before we do that, please get in touch with your players that you've spotted. And it must be as mundane as possible. Massively mundane. Like, that one was great. It's properly mundane. There was almost nothing to remark about that. No. It was beautiful. So, news. Um, Yes, it's all going off. Do you want to start? Well, well, I mean, you've got the breaking news. which I have got the breaking breaking news. It hasn't made the wires yet. It hasn't even... Yes, red leather, yellow leather, breaking news coming in. Um, Michael Checker has been cited. You don't hear about coaches getting cited no, very often, and do the, you? Well, certainly not. You don't hear of coaches that aren't in charge of either Leicester or now Edinburgh getting cited. <laughs> uh, yes, and the weird thing is it's for immediate release, it says, and it just says, following various media reports and a referral from World Rugby, the disciplinary officer for the Autumn Internationals is investigating comments and conduct attributed to the head coach of the Australian national team, Michael Checker. During the match between England and Australia at Twickenham on Saturday, an update will be issued tomorrow. End of communication. Is this to do with him giving it, getting into it with an England fan? I don't know. That... It could be that. He was, he was caught many times sarcastically clapping by the coach, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah, but like a, a lot of players, have, coaches have done a lot worse than that and got away with it. So yes. I do think it might be more to do with the fact that he got into it with a fucking fan, which they tend to get, have no sense of humour about. Even though in that situation, yeah. I'm firmly he does on say the... various media reports because they would have cited yeah. him for saying the referees are not. After he didn't say that, did he? He was fairly bland he for him. He was desperately trying not to say anything about the refs <laughs> he was, yeah. at the end of the game. But yeah, I think. Even though I'm fully on the side of coaches slash players in that regard, where if somebody shouts something at you and you shout it back, then fuck that guy who yes. decided what do you to think shout was something happen? Yeah. Um, they tend to take a dim view of it, don't they? So, I mean, I can understand his frustration. He ha- It was a very frustrating day for him on a lot of fronts on Saturday, but yeah. We'll come on to that. But yes, it's, we will. Uh, but yeah, so he's been cited. We'll see an update tomorrow, yeah, whatever we'll that s- means. Indeed. 
Um, Finn Russell's off to Racing 92. Is it definitely Racing 92? Uh, it was yet? literally mere seconds before we came on air. It was confirmed that he is off to uh, to replace Dan Carter, who I kind of assumed was off to Japan. I kind of assumed Dan Carter had kind of retired anyway, to be honest. Well, he has. He's going to Japan. Yes, but I haven't seen hide nor hair of him in a rugby shirt in about 18 months. So He's been about a bit. Well, of course, when he, he was in a, in a rugby shirt against Finn Russell, he didn't do too well, did he, for Russell? I, I, I almost feel like that's come back to bite him on the ass a little bit there, is that Finn Russell was absolutely fucking stellar against Racing last season, and that's just made them go, yeah, we'll have that one. And it's bit them on the ass a little bit, but yeah. Will it be I good mean, for Scottish rugby, do you think? Um... I don't really, I don't really ever think going to France is good for you anymore. I thought you were going to say to I don't go. really ever think anything's good for Scottish rugby. I thought you were going to say that then, but no, <laughs> not quite that bad. But no, no like, yeah. I, 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 there was a time when I felt like going to France was a good thing for most players because it was the highest standard of competition. Blah 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 blah. I no longer think that is the case. Some of it still is. The long game was good on Saturday. It's just the consistency. Yeah, of it. occasionally. The- Brilliant, but most of the time they're fucking terrible, and, and the they flog. Well, he could end up putting two stone on, couldn't he? Well, easy. There's a lot of foie gras out there, <laughs> and and baguettes. Those carbs, man. Fucking hell. Yeah. Those croissants, all butter. Well, I mean, but fair play to him. He's yeah. gone out there. He's got himself a bloody good payday. He'll still be being mm. picked for Scotland. You know, of course he will. It, it can't go badly be... for Scotland. It's not going to be any worse. He's just going to go. No, I mean. Johnny Sexton had a fucking terrible time at Racing Metro and was still regularly playing very well for Ireland. So even if it goes to hell in a handcart with him, you know, he can still turn up for Scotland every couple of months and do the job. But uh, yeah, good luck to him. It's yeah. it's a big it's a big club within a tiny empty state in an empty stadium, but you know, having players like him around will probably improve matters no end for them. In other news, uh, this week we found out that Tom Croft hadn't retired until this week. <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit shocked. It's like when, like, was it Tom Reese who was revealed to be playing, <laughs> still playing? And it was like, seriously? Tom Croft and Tom Reese could have been quite the flank pairing. Oh, they would have gone a they, bit different for England. They were the England back row pairing of every England fan's dreams circa yes. about 2007. Including me, yeah. Yeah, rightly so. I Tom thought Reece things Hallam would get player. better when them two were, and then it didn't. <laughs> no, I mean, what can you say about Tom Croft? He was fucking good on his day. He was going to say very I, athletic. Very. That's yeah, the but, word that's often used with him, athletic. Yes. He was quick, basically. And he was, and he was hanging around on the, the wing long before Kieran Reid decided to make it. He really thing. used to. But that, I, I, I vividly remember, I don't know why I remember this, but I remember watching a premiership game Um where he was playing in a couple of years ago and he made a tackle like out on the wing. It was a very, very hugely impressive mm. bit of thing to stop a player getting over the line. And they were all they were doing was talking about how exceptionally, amazingly brilliant the tackle was, completely forgetting the fact that Tom Cross was standing on the touchline. <laughs> it's like, what is he doing out there in the first place? If he'd have been in position originally, this might not have happened. And he was a good player. He was a bit of a show pony. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. Well, I think only because he used to hang around on that outside channel a lot. But he did go yeah. through some work. He was, he was kind he was of ahead sort of, of guy. A lot, in a lot of ways, he was quite ahead of his time, I suppose. 
because now it's de rigueur to have a sort of rangy athletic number six who you know can run in tries from 30 meters out yeah. whereas good line out forward as well yeah whereas basically you know he was sort of like the like path of england's sixes and sevens of his era was not full of a great many fucking rangy athletic athletes they were all built like fucking joe worsley so mm. Mm, he was he was a he was a bit of a different sort of player and i think that made people both suspicious i always of enjoyed watching loved. him i think that's, yes if you're going to think... use that fans view okay leaving aside all of our snarkers i always enjoyed watching tom croft play yeah and it was you always got the sense that if he ever had a like really good run of form and fitness he yes. would have been fucking exceptional but as it was, we only ever saw it in the Alliance Tour in 2009. He was brilliant. And it was those sort of moments where you thought, fuck yeah, if he could just And then, of course, somehow it. went on tour in 2013. Yeah, I'm still not sure how that. <laughs> that was just brilliant, wasn't it? You've got to love him for that. I mean, that's a special yeah, kind of genius, just, really. Just turning up like that, yeah, that was very odd. But, yeah, it was it was a weird one. and So now he'll just simply be... Have more time to agonise over beer choices before choosing to drink the crappiest beer in the pub, like in his players' potted last week. Well, exactly. For those yeah, you didn't hear that. That was last week. Apparently, we just saved it for this. Maybe, I know. Just maybe it was it. hearing that that drove him to retirement. He thought, "I must learn more about, about proper beer, and yeah. I don't have the time while I'm on the treatment table. So basically, I'm going to retire and focus. Yeah, I want something That's to basically. fall back on drinking." That is basically exactly what's happened, and you'll have to prove it to me that it's not. So, Last bit of news, Andy Goode has started his own online clothing retailer called oijacno.com. It sells anti-EU slogan apparel in sizes XL to 5XL. Nice. It's basically Giacomo for portly right-wing people. Brilliant. I mean, I, I am halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> you can guess which half. Tune in next week to find out yes. which half of that Josh is. <laughs> right then, what did we learn from the weekend? Oh, what didn't we learn from the weekend? What a week! What a weekend! But leaving aside the one obvious example of total shit, which we'll get onto. Yeah. What yeah. a weekend! Really good. Rematches. Really enjoyed it. Um, first thing I learned is that. England are totally and utterly in Australia's heads, and it's getting out of hand now. Yes, they've beaten the All Blacks this year, Australia. Mm. They they handled Wales without ever getting out of third gear, and yet England get a record victory despite being absolute horseshit for sixty minutes of the match. Like um, momentum I... is bollocks, like, but mentality is important. And they thought they have. They've only won twice since two thousand and twelve against England. Now Australia. And as a Wales fan, I can tell you when these losses keep building up, <laughs> it these does, things it does have a permanent they, effect. It has a feeling snowball. of permanency about I, it. I honestly don't feel like Australia get on the field against England these days and genuinely think they're going to win. And it's a remarkable turnaround. I do think because I do think one. I don't think England were playing that badly for sixty minutes. No, they just weren't. They, were they weren't playing much. great, but they were doing what yeah. England do, weren't they? Um, and then it almost seemed like Australia was just like I'm fucking miles from home it's pissing it down Yeah, nothing's going my way and I'm just not even going to bother running to chase kids anymore and that's the end of it 
It was like at 60 minutes, they threw the fucking towel in and just mm. thought, oh, lads, this isn't happening today. Can you be bothered? No. I'm fucking oh, just... freezing. Can we just yeah, go let's in, just, please? You know, let's get this over with. And it genuinely, it's, it's rare that you see a test match go like that, where one team just... Because, you know, England scored some nice tries and they were good in that. They were dictum in that last 20 minutes. Mm. But it didn't really feel like they were doing anything massively different than what they'd done with very little result for the first 40 or 50 minutes. You know, it's like they got a couple of bounces of the ball and things were going to hand a little bit more. But it just was like, well, but they kept doing it. And then eventually Australia were like, oh, I'm fucking sick of this defending this shit. Let's just go home. And it was it was quite remarkable, I think. For all of Checker moaning about refs and moaning mm. about, you know, Daly's try shouldn't have been given, by the way, but, like, he should probably moan... to touch? Yeah. He should probably moan more about his players' shit no, effort see, and think... general laziness and poor, like, it, it giving a been... fuck at key yeah. moments. But that try should have been given based on the question that was asked. But yeah. The question was, any reason I can't award it? So it has to be clear, and there's nobody can watch that and say it was clear. I well, that's believe. the thing. There's a well. There's a shot down the line that shows the ball clearly on the touchline. Yeah, but um, again, that's from the distance. If you look at it from the other, you can still see green between the ball and the line. That's the problem. I honestly don't understand. It's an entirely different point. It's like if we've got goal line technology in football, why can't we have Hawkeye in rugby like type thing? Yeah, hundred percent. We had Hawkeye at the World Cup, oh, didn't we? we? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, they had Hawkeye at the World Cup. Did we never use yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, basically, I don't think anybody understood what it was supposed to be for and they never used it. Um, the bloke from like, Lash, what are you on about? <laughs> it was there to determine like groundings and balls and like, stuff like that. And like, I don't know why they didn't use it more, but like, why not have Hawkeye to just go, has that ball going to touch? Oh, yeah, yeah it has. Like, if they can do it in a split yeah. second in cricket and determine it, then It is a surely... separate point because they don't have Hawkeye. But my point is, is that no, if it takes it you, you 90 seconds to decide whether the ball's gone out or not because you're not sure, then it's not clear and obvious. After mm. 20 seconds of looking, you should have gone, well, I'm obviously never going to know it's not going to be an obvious try. Carry on, please. Yeah. And it's exactly that. If you're going to spend, rather than you a fucking breath spend a minute and a half looking at 17 different fucking angles to determine whether it was in or out, just get a fucking computer to do it in 10 seconds and then carry on. While we're One on this other. whole... Did it go out? Did it not go out? Were people offside or not? You know what I learned this weekend? If I didn't, if I, well, you know, I just reaffirm what I learned this weekend is that laws debates are probably the greatest joy vacuum in rugby Ugh, after Sir Clive Woodward. In fact, yeah. <laughs> imagine having a laws debate with Sir Clive Woodward. That would be really bad, wouldn't it? I if would literally be swinging from the rafters. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, our sport could end up becoming a debate about laws interspersed with clapping opposition mistakes. It is that. Isn't it's basically it? like the OJ trial condensed into 80 minutes. <laughs> Law debates and clapping the opposition fucking up. Yeah, it's it's is that. It, it is and with less chasing. Let's be honest. Oh yes. It is relentlessly relentlessly dull. Oh god. It's like yeah. the number of people who have I've seen getting into it about, you know, was Chris Robshaw offside? Was he retreating? Was he making a move on? Did he move I'll left? Did he move right? I level with you, lads. If there is any better advert for this weird 
rewriting the law, like condensing the laws of rugby into 20 pages from 250, whatever it is at the moment. If there is any better argument than everything I've seen off Twitter in the last two days, <laughs> debating this, yes. just fucking honestly, people, yeah, don't fucking forget. I don't care. Just make <laughs> make 20 laws and let's all know them. Fuck 250 pages of laws. It's stupid. I like the idea. You have 20 laws and at least 40% of the game is lawless. Yeah. If like in school. If... Or like, or like, like yeah. pool rules in local pubs. Are we playing two-shot yeah. carry or not? No. No. We play two-shot carry. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, exactly that. It's like, if we can't put our game into some semblance of, you know, organisation and fairness with 20 rules then it's too fucking complicated and potchy and we need to just let it go. Just let it make it all legal, aside from those 20 laws. So let's pick the 20 best ones. Like there you offside. go, ladies and gentlemen. Listeners out there, which 20 laws would you like to yes. keep? If it was I keep? I keep offside, forward passes. Yeah. Um, Oh, so yeah, that's all that's, I want to keep. Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah, and being <laughs> able to compete at the breakdown. Being able to compete at the breakdown. That, yeah. yeah, staying on your feet. That's all. You know, happy with that. Um, and not going outside of fifteen in lineouts. Yes, I'll keep that one. Yeah. Well, really, when it's you gross. think, I definitely don't want to keep law eleven point one c, which I think is what they were referring to with this whole offside yeah. thing. Law eleven point one c should basically just say "fuck off" and get a life and stop reading this. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, and then 11.1D will say, except if you're Abbas Lamani. Yeah, offside, oh, I'll qualify that. Offside is the back foot of the ruck. If there isn't a ruck, don't fucking worry about it. Acc- <laughs> accidental offside, don't care about it. It's an accident, grow up. Well, as much as I'm sure the listeners would love to hear us going on and on about yes, the laws that we no, don't so want I'm there getting to carried be. Away here, we will leave that there, but yes, I, I it is quite tedious. We only need three. This was a great weekend so, of rugby, actually. <laughs> yeah, never mind, <laughs> Yeah, but it was a great weekend mm. rugby. That kind of stuff. It certainly was. Well, it me. was for four of the games. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to get into that yet? Or do you oh want... no! There's no what, what? Genuinely, what is there to talk about? Yeah. Okay. Aside from yes, Wales Fuck. probably Big maybe. Time. Well, yeah, they absolutely awful. But of course they did. Like Gatman's team selection was one of the stupidest decisions he's made in his coaching career, and the outcome was utterly fucking predictable it's like 14 players changed like a week after you've apparently tried to do a new thing in the attacking game plan so you change 14 of that team because i ah, don't worry about it we don't need another game to work out any kinks in our game plan before we, f- we play the all blacks it's not a big college town is it <laughs> and just like yeah like and the georgia pack they were good they were always going to be good so Mm. put a bunch of fucking kids it was always going to be like that i thought we were going to lose to be honest so i was pleasantly surprised that we jammied a win well we're on jesus john john de tom got in touch via email to me and he said Mm. i've spotted this in the rugby papers an interview with gatland yes gatland added georgia were tough they dragged us into a set-piece battle in the second half, but it was a good learning experience for a lot of these youngsters. We were really pleased with the intent, particularly in the first half. There were times when we might have taken the points rather than kicking for the corner, but we wanted to be positive. 
Nothing about that game was positive. What land? What world does he live in? The world where he just doesn't give a shit and he's just desperate to get into another job but doesn't want to give up the money. Yeah, basically, effectively that. Yeah, it is. It is actually. I think um, Brighty on Twitter said, you know, sorry to be parochial after the Scotland game was. Sorry to be parochial or something, but I am just so sick of everybody else playing rugby that I want to watch. Yeah, (laughs) I completely. I'm so bored of Wales being unwatchably shit. And the thing is, like, Wales didn't look awful with Owen Williams at 12. No. So, what, you stick Owen Watkin, the even less experienced big lad's centre, and then tell him to basically play like Jamie Roberts without actually ever getting the ball. So he just literally runs dummy lines for 80 minutes. And how has that helped anything? And why did you pick one of the most promising second rowers in Wales as the number eight? Number eight. It's... Because he desperately didn't want Falatau to be crocked for the uh, All Blacks game. And I get that. And you keep your key players safe. But you're telling me that Owen Williams couldn't have done with another game at 12, having only ever played there once before he's got to play the fucking All Blacks next week. It's just, it was so thick. And I honestly kind of wanted Wales to lose because they fucking deserved it for disrespecting... Georgia like that. It's like putting a bunch of fucking kids and Dan Lydia. That's like that's like a great un, unadmitted shame, isn't it, of lots of fans, you know. I'll ask and I'll ask you listeners out there to, to let us know. Have you ever had a game where you want your team to lose? Yeah. And I'm not talking about betting, where you've actually sort of thought this because I've definitely had it with England sometimes. Yeah. This madness mob. Yeah. must end. So therefore I would rather lose this game and get rid of the it was the end of the Johnson career was like that. I was fucking dying in a way not dying, but I wasn't gutted when they lost to France in 2011 because, like, this shit has to end. Yeah, well, you're basically describing every game Wales have ever played under Rob Howley, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and, you know, thankfully, that's basically worked out all right. But we've just got a ride through. And it's like, it's fair. I am bored to fucking tears of watching Wales play rugby because it's so dour and it's so boring and it's so uninspired. And what fucking little bit of joy we occasionally get with scoring a good try is just mm. overwhelmed by a fucking motherload of shite all the time. By and a this tsunami just... of mediocrity yeah. that smashes uh, down my house every week. Yeah. And this was just the latest nadir in a selection of increasingly boring nadir. Like, it's, it's hard to fucking care anymore. And that's kind of not a good state for the national game to be in. It's like, yeah. I honestly don't, like, when we, I thought, like, when we lost to Australia last week, didn't care, really, expected it. Mm. When we made massively hard work with Georgia this week and very nearly lost, I didn't really care. It's like, I was annoyed, but in not in a sort of really angry kind of way, just in a, yeah. eh. There's nothing more wounding and upsetting than indifference. Did you know that, Josh? It's the worst emotion <laughs> I, I to have. So. I profoundly hope that... I'd rather have hate than indifference. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what, by the way, what did you think that was Cheaty McCheaterson or... Oh, in what? the whole thing? Oh, he's massively Yes, the cheating. Leon Brown. Oh, my God, yeah, the cheating yes. was unbelievable. But they're always all cheating with it, aren't they? But, well, exactly. It, you're, you're, but if you come out and look you in the eye and go... Yeah, no, he was, yeah, he was injured, you know, it's kind of like, well, what are you supposed to do? You can't go, liar. No, and especially when, you know, he was on the field 
frantically pulling his calf out on several occasions with clear cramp. It's like, you know that cramp that you've got over Leon? Pretend that you haven't. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, for all the moaning and all the saying that Wales have disgraced themselves and disgraced the game, it's like, like you say, every fucker does it. It happens oh, all the time. It happens all the time, and World Rugby's only got themselves to blame for not giving France a fucking kicking for it in the Six Nations, because it was way more blatant, way more unpleasant. And if they'd have made an example of them then, then it might have actually made somebody think twice about it, but now they've just set a precedent where every fucker's going to do it. And there's no way to stop it now. Indeed, and uh, obviously, the problem that you've got is as Joe Heron said on Twitter today, is it time to unleash the erg again? Yeah. What was it? The Untoward Incident Review Group. Yeah. The erg. But, there is, but they're not going to because it's not... Like, that's the thing. The France one was a rare example of something blatantly happening that was like... You can watch that and go, there's something going wrong there. There's something, you know... He's gone his head, and then he's feeling his back, and then he's coming back on, and there's communications clearly happening. It was fucking blatant, and it was an abuse of the concussion protocol, which is even more dodgy. But World Rugby, can, the, the beauty of these big organisations, they can just unleash the erg or something like it, and then just wait four months, and then the erg just goes, you know, oh, well, nothing to see here. Yeah. Boys will be boys. On we go. Yeah, that's... That is blatantly what will happen. Although knowing Wales, they'll probably like get fucking thrown out of the Six Nations for it or something. That's you know, that's generally the way our luck goes these now. days. And we'll be replaced with Georgia, who are definitely actually one thing I learned. Georgia are hard to play against, but they're still not very good. They're not very good. No, they're a big no. lump, and up front they're always going to be pretty good. But for all the sometimes decent performances, they're still, you know. The thing is, there's no right for them to get in. There's no promotion here. The thing is, they could end up playing like the All Blacks, and they still might never get in because it's a private club anyway. There's no, exactly. There's, there's, no, there's no merit in this. It's just, well, you know. Yeah. And also, like, they played against a, Wales, a terrible Wales team who've never even bloody met each other before. They, they will never who have were, a better chance, will they? Yeah, who were cobblers for 60 minutes, and they offered nothing but a very good scrum. And that's it. Like I must say, their coach was brilliant after the game. By the way, he was. He was wonderfully affable and personable, and knowingly winking to the camera the whole time. But yeah, great, lovely guy. But they would they would get fucking dicked by everyone in the Six Nations. A full strength Wales team would batter them. Yes. A full strength England team would do horrendous things to them. Even a full strength Italy team would handle them. To be honest, Hmm. especially they're playing each other every year. You, you, yeah. get, you can get pumped up for these one-offs, can't you? But when you're having to yeah. do the whole thing. What else did we learn? I learned this week, to go back mm. to a bit of good news, is that Bruce McConaughey, hello Bruce, one of our regular listeners, and thank you very much for all your contributions, uh, got married this weekend. Congratulations. Oh, good lad. And he said Does that... that... Point of order, Bruce. Uh, you have married a woman who's scheduled a wedding, or or, or, or a man. Be, you know, I'm assuming <laughs> yeah, it's a lady. Oh, yeah. Um, you've yeah, yeah. married someone who has uh, scheduled their wedding for uh, an international weekend, and that is a red flag. He did say he's nearly he nearly missed his groom's speech because he was trying to refresh <laughs> the score of Scotland versus New Zealand the entire time. Good man. <laughs> Good man. 
So congratulations to Bruce. And Indeed, the, congratulations, the, the, Bruce. Assuming it's a lady, the, the, the present Mrs. McConaughey, also assuming that she's taken your name. We're very right yes. on this pod. I'm not making any, any assumptions. She may have kept her own name, but congratulations to you both. Yes. What else did we learn this weekend? Should we talk while we're talking? These are Scotland fans. Let's shall we, shall yeah. we talk about Scotland now? Oh, what a fucking game that was! What a game of rugby that was! <laughs> oh. Now, let me tell you a story, Josh. And there's a point yes. to this. Okay. When I was at university, honestly, oh, people, yeah, I was a dual colour representative for university because um, I don't mean I blacked up. I mean in that I, I basically I <laughs> played rugby league for the uni and I also played badminton for the uni. And wow. for some, well. Yeah, it's really at the two opposite ends of the sporting manliness, that, isn't it? If you're gonna... Yeah, you sure you didn't do a bit of cheerleading on the side as well? <laughs> um, anyway, we somehow got to the quarterfinal of the National Cup, the badminton team, mm. and we played against... We got drawn against Oxford Uni away. Now, I Ooh. went to university in Middlesbrough, right? At the University of Teesside. They had one sports hall that we used to play badminton in, but we couldn't play in that on proper university days because that was the volleyball. We had to play in Middlesbrough Badminton Club's hall, which, and I am not joking, was a barn. <laughs> I am not joking. Anybody from Middlesbrough, Badminton, it was a barn. It, in January, it was freezing. Anyway, so off we go. So the facilities weren't great. Off we go to Oxford. We get there. They've got an athletic stadium. Of course they have. A karate dojo, for fuck's sake. <laughs> a, ro- a, ro- a rowing tank. They had all of that. And then obviously this, this brilliant hall. Oxford were a really good team. We they had like top level county players. He played for like proper counties, not like when you used to get people turning up to our club and you go, "Yeah, I played county level. Who for Rutland? Fuck off." <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so off we went. They were really good. We played. I, I played the best I've ever played because they were so good. I kind of upped my game, and I came and we very we narrowly lost. So you can see where I'm going with this, right? Right, I'm with you, yeah. We've narrowly lost. Yeah. And we were congratulated. Then, as an aside, after the game, we said to these guys, we said, because um, obviously when you were at our university, you used to get a meal ticket to go to the uni and get yourself something to eat and a mm. pint. I said, so do we go to, to, the, to the union now and get a pint and a drink? Oh, no, we, we, do, we, don't, we don't have a student union. I said, all right, um, so um, what? Is there a pub we go to or something? Will we have bars in the hall? Are we going there? Oh, well, well, no, they don't open till till 7.30. And I was like, Right, so what are we going to do then? And I shit you not, this lad went, we've made you some sandwiches and squash. And he pulled out a tray of cheesy cucumber butties and some squash. And we were like, eat these butties and let's get the fuck back up the A1. But it's- <laughs> I mean, on one hand, bless him. Bless on the him, other hand, yes. Jesus fucking Christ. How the other half live, eh? So Indeed. We, and we got back Indeed. in our ramshackle transit and went back up the M1. But anyway, so my point was, then the week after, after that marvellous performance, the week after, we ended up losing to Mask by the Sea Seconds in the local league. <laughs> so my point is yes, that we're exactly yes. like Scotland coming that close to beating the All Blacks in that you have yeah. to maintain it. It can't be a yeah. one-off. And You've got to get up again Scotland the next week and play. Scotland have to beat you. Australia. Yeah, there are no excuses. I don't. I know injuries yeah. and Especially all that. Australia look like they are not fucking bothered at all, and yeah, they can't come that close to beating the All Blacks and not absolutely fucking handle this Australia team. Surely, surely. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans. Ah, fuck. Get in the kitchen and calm down. 
or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Absolutely. And they, they simply have to. I mean, they should be unhappy at losing that game. I said that on Twitter. On the oh, day. they pissed it away. Yeah, they, they have loads of chance. But when you're trying to play that game, I suppose mm-hmm. the precision is so important and it will come, I suppose. Because everybody was dropping balls this weekend, actually. Yeah, it was very it was very much a autumn international in the sense that everyone's hands were cold and it was a bit slippery and shit. And so it wasn't really a feast of fucking running rugby. It certainly wasn't and, in Cardiff. And it was but... good conditions in Scotland actually, but even so yes, it but, was. It, but it also what I learned was that one, the energy they had in defence Scotland right to the end was amazing. Yeah, which is so weird given how bad they yeah. were against Samoa. And that you wouldn't think that was Townsend's strength. That, that was obviously, but they've obviously carried no. that. I'm not saying he's a bad defence coach or, or, or leads bad defences. I'm not saying that, but no. they've obviously brought that in from Cotter. The yeah, maybe they great. killed some animals this week. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, mm. Or maybe they got Vernon to do it via Skype. Maybe. They all had to gather <laughs> in the team room while Vernon yeah. was on like massive HD. Yeah, 97 inch like, screen. And he's there just slowly stabbing a bunny. While staring directly into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically exactly that. But it was, uh, yeah, it's, it was just a wonderful performance. And, and, and it, sorry, the thing I was going to say about the defence was that they once again showed that New Zealand looked like any other rugby team when you get amongst them. And that is very good. I did think that, like, it was very. Scotland are probably Australia, New Zealand, Scotland in terms of like attacking. They're the top three for me. Well, they looked like a Super 14 team, didn't they? Scotland. Absolutely. They actually, with the ball, that's what they looked like. Yeah. Yeah, but the interesting thing for me is like you look at the way that Scotland score a lot of tries, and it's quite enough. We talked about it a lot in the Six Nations, actually, like how patient they are mm. in the 22, and I think. They were doing they were doing a lot of good stuff and they were repeatedly getting into the All Black twenty two with some really good stuff. And then where in the Six Nations they would basically have just sat in the twenty two until they scored. They were either trying to force it or Or taking too long then forcing it. Yeah, it, and it was kind of like yeah. it's one of those. I don't know whether it's them or whether it was the All Blacks. Like, does the, did playing the All Blacks make them a little bit too desperate to score, or is the fact that the All Blacks' defense is so fucking good and so hard and so fucking niggly that I, it makes them try to force things a bit more? I think when when they were in sort of like the halfway line onwards into the 22, what you found is within two or three phases, Scotland were in the 22 quite comfortably mm-hmm. because their running angles 
and their dummy runners and the lines that they picked, you could see the New Zealand defence pointed at each other yeah. and trying to pair it up. Because no matter who you are, when an attack that w- yeah. goes that well, it's difficult. So they were actually getting over the game line regularly. Then as soon as you've got no space anymore because you're right up against the line, mm-hmm. you can't do that so much anymore, can you? And that's your point, exactly. That's when New Zealand become, yeah, try and fucking yeah. get through this. They have, they have that NFL bend, don't break mentality about them. Even it's if like, it involves you can like come... Kieran Reid slapping the ball out of people's hands and stuff. Yes, it's like you will come here and we will concede penalties and we will get men sent in the bin and we will do all sorts, but you are not fucking getting over that line. And I mean, to be fair, they probably hard. should have had at least two more people in the bin during that entire yes. oh, 100%. because I do think Carly could have got a few of them, more of them in the bin because they were being so cynical. Oh, massively so. But that's what, you know, everyone's cynical and nobody's better at it I don't blame them for that. I mean, the ref should have, no. should have dealt with it. Yeah, and, and and once the ref sent a couple of men to the bin, it always kind of... Yeah, he feels, like, in many ways, he feels like he's becoming a... like the director of a farce comedy then, doesn't he? And backs <laughs> exactly, away from yeah. it. Yeah, and it's almost like it's kind of good to get that yellow card out the way early if you're a yeah. if you're a team who's determined to be quite cynical about it because then you can basically just do what you want for the rest of the game because he doesn't really want to be in the headlines yeah. for sending four. At the minute, this is a good sort of action film, and if I do a couple more yellows, it's it's it becomes a Marx Brothers film quite quickly. Yeah, but yeah, they, Scotland were brilliant. They absolutely outstanding. They just couldn't. So much bad luck. Yeah. As I said on the Twitter, I think Gregor Townsend shagged a witch. <laughs> so much bad luck. Injuries and everything. Just oh, it's atrocious. I mean, Even the mish poor, is gone now. He's out as well. I know. Poor fucking Luke Hamilton literally lasted 20 <laughs> and minutes. And he looks a handful fun. as well when he come on as well. Well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, he's just learned to not, you know, start fights with Scottish players like he used to when he played for Wales <laughs> in the under-20s. He's just managed to get that in his head and then all of a sudden he's fucking on a stretcher and gone for fucking ages, the poor bastard. Beautiful pickpocketing of Kieran Reid at one point. He did. You know, and then he was injured. Last point about Scotland who, for me. Who's playing back row next week? That's what I would dearly love to know. Aren't they hoping who's coming back fit? I can't remember. They're hoping someone's uh, back fit. Well, Richard Cockle's taken all of his players to, to the black and red guy touch. Richard Cockle's <laughs> taken Edinburgh to South Africa to get yeah. them well out of the way. <laughs> you, you're not, I'm not sending them to you so they can get injured. We're going to South Africa. Yeah, that, that says something about how much he's worried about the Scotland injuries. That he'd rather go and play South African teams than actually put his, his players into a Scottish squad. The last thing on Scotland, I will say, I'm getting the feeling watching that game, and to go back to what we talked about Finn Russell earlier, that do you remember for ages it was just you're on. I imagine as a Scotland fan, but certainly as me watching, you were just waiting for that moment when it all just went a bit wrong with Finn Russell, or mm. where his confidence went, and we started making poor decisions. That doesn't seem to be the case anymore. He, he seems to be emerging to me as a proper leader of the team. Oh, he yeah. He's probably he the is. wrong term, but in terms of a fulcrum and the linchpin of the team that people look to rather than tolerating. Do you see what I mean? Am I making Yeah, he's, making he's, not, he's not someone, but there was a time when you kind of were worried when he wasn't with Glacial Greg because yes. you kind of needed somebody to manage him. And to sort of res- like rein in his true. his mad impulses, but it seems like certainly in the last eighteen months he has curbed that so much, and he is he just looks starting- class. Yeah, he starts he's starting to look very much like the best and fly half of the British Isles. So well coached, you yeah. don't move like that, 
and have those wingers coming in on those angles like that without being really, really well coached. And it's, it's yeah, it's 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 the sort of thing that I've we have haven't seen in ten years as a fucking Welsh fan, and it's like how good a job did Townsend do beforehand and has just carried on doing. It's like they they know everybody there knows their job, and no, there is no fucking running like a lunatic into you know white line fever or any of that stuff they just stick well, to the always, plan traditionally this fast rucking team that knew what to do with the ball you know yeah. it's great it's interesting that even after all his time with jones he's still being successful even though he's not english he seems to have basically presided over a very english team again now mm. you know this very big pack very solid defense not a great deal happening behind I'm not saying it'll always be like that, but it's funny this whole thing about rugby DNA, isn't it? Scotland are coming yeah. back to what they should be coming back to, and no matter even with an Australian in charge with England and 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 Jones being that very technical attacking coach, he still seems to have gone. You know what? I'm going to have to do this for a bit longer before I can bring more in. It's going to be a longer yeah. job than I well, thought. You, you, know? you play to your strength. You play to your strengths as what your people have been coached to do throughout their entire careers, and. You know that's kind of what's made the whole Gatland thing such an incongruity with Wales is that for the last ten years he's basically forced Wales to do everything that is the antithesis of what Welsh rugby traditionally has been. And you look at the success that Ireland have had with Schmidt. You know that's again, you know Ireland kind of traditionally are uh, hard, clinical, very sort of physical in the scrum, you know, he's done all these sort of things to sort of get Ireland playing the way that they're traditionally happening. They're not throwing it around like fucking Leinster were in 2011. Mm. You know, they are, they're playing like Ireland and Scotland have discovered, like, how many years Scotland were just this fucking dour, dreadful this fucking... Amorphous navy-coloured blob that would roll yeah, into your when... life every now and again and you desperately yeah. wanted it to go away. Yeah, Andy Robinson tried to get them to play like England. And, you know, it was just fucking depressing. And now, you know, they're just, they're playing with a little they bit are of joy. anything but depressing. Yeah, they're absolute joy to watch. They a are brilliant game of rugby. Yeah, brilliant I would game of rugby. happily watch, you know, there was not, a couple of years ago, I would not have watched the Scotland game voluntarily if, you know, if there was something else on. But now, you know, Scotland versus the All Blacks, that's fucking appointment viewing. Yes. Because you know it's going to be a great game. And it yeah, was. Because even if the New Zealand had won by 10 points in the end or 15 points, it still would have been a great game of rugby because they yeah. play the game of rugby you want to see it being played. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of that, I um, you've already mentioned Ireland. We've kind of moved on to that. What have we learned about Ireland? That Ireland, I'm quite liking the look of this. If it's the second choice, by the way, the McCloskey Farrell partnership looks yeah. one, massive, two, hands, by the way. Yeah. They've got an absolute surfeit of good young centres in Ireland at the moment. And it's kind of a bit unfair giving them Bundyaki, really, isn't it? For all the <laughs> thing we talked about last week. It's like, fuck me, they're not short of a really good young centre or two. And I find I love Joey Carberry a bit more. He, I'm still not entirely convinced he's a 10, though. He's a beautiful passer of the ball. But I kind of feel like he's a fullback. He's got wonderful. It's 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 the same with Billy. Good eyes. Yeah. Cracking eyes. You know, he he can kind of see the game around. See, him, he? Yeah, he reads the game exceptionally well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not 100 percent convinced of him as a ten. 
and well, he's got a broken he arm now. So yeah, no, wherever he gets the ball, any player that can bust through the line, then do that wonderful step, and then look and then ping the ball full, oh, full gorgeous. tilt, twenty meters across to the winger is is, is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But again, lots of ch- great game again. By the way, <laughs> yeah, wonderful humdinging match to watch. Fair play to Fiji for. I mean, I know it was a second string island team, but you know, I don't think anybody expected them to keep it as close as they did for as long as they did. You know, no. and they do. Yeah, they look at they look a better outfit Fiji under this new coach. The um, Mark Robson was on fine form though, mm. as as always in the uh, commentary box, giving us a full update on who Ben Volavola is going out with. Brilliant. And that they kiss each other in training sometimes, and then went off on a big riff about how Johnny Wilkinson wouldn't like that. That's that's you know. Oh boy. Yeah. Speaking of of things I've learned in that vein. Yes. For a sport that loves itself so much for being inclusive and non-discriminatory and blah 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 blah, they can be a fucking rugby fans can be a fucking bunch of Stone Age pricks at times. <laughs> what, what, have, what have we done now? Go on. Uh, Case in point, Brian Moore being joined by uh, Sarah Orchard on the commentary for oh, God, yes. Australian BBC. Oh. And just like last year when she did the same thing, the sexist arseholes are out in force to tell anyone. It's not anyone because they're sexist, Josh. It's because they like a voice with authority. That's the kind yeah. of things that people say, isn't it? Yeah. You shouldn't be commentating on rugby. She doesn't know nothing, even though she's <laughs> a qualified ref and a coach. Well, everybody knows that you can't really have true insight into any sport unless you have a penis. That's well, what gives you just... special insights, is having this appendage well, dangling off the front yeah. of your body. You have to have matching genitals to the people who are playing in order to effectively commentate on it. <laughs> yes. You have to have the mirror, sorry, have to have the mirror really image of the so genitals, true. otherwise it does not work. <laughs> it's just so... Fu- I mean, it's... Fuck off. Yeah. Jesus. Just get out of this sport if you're that much of a dick. And people were almost writing to Brian Moore in sympathy, and he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. No, sorry you had to deal with that, Brian. What? I'm also going to deal with you, pricks. This professional woman sat next to me talking sense about the sport that she knows shitloads about. <laughs> yeah, it was awful. And they had Sarah Mockford on uh, Scum 5 this week as well. Yes, they did. Again, it's... talking some sense. Yeah. It's almost like... I'm sure a lot of people without penises don't talk sense about things sometimes as well, but it's nothing to do with the fact that they may or may not have a penis. So. Yeah. yeah, it's more to do with the fact that I they can't really keep saying anything. penis. I'm really sorry for those of you who might have just eaten your breakfast, but <laughs> apparently the rugby pod are very big on telling willy jokes. I'm not doing that. I just, I'm just trying to make a point. Yes, I mean, the word penis is very satisfying to say and satisfying <laughs> to call people, but yeah, it's just, oh, for God's sake, it's like hands in the air, no idea what the fuck you were yes. planning. Yes, you know, stop and, it. And please just get used to it because it's this is it's the way going it's going. To, yeah. <laughs> this is how it's going to happen a lot more now. Imagine so. when they get a woman who talks the amount of shit that Mark Robson does. It will be the end of the fucking world. <laughs> yeah, the end of wrong. the world. Yeah, the more women that we have in common, like they should see this as an opportunity because the more women that we have being involved in punditry and commentary the more chances are that we're going to get somebody as shit as Stuart Barnes, who happens to be female. And then they can, you know, mask their sexism in genuine critique of somebody being shit as opposed to just being really obvious about it now. Oh, yes, depressing. Uh, yes, fuck uh, off. Uh, <laughs> oh not you. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Maybe you. But I've got um, a penis. I could stay, can't I? <laughs> yes, yes. Those are the rules, I believe. <laughs> 
Right. Uh, Did we learn anything else? <laughs> yes, I learned that Gloucester love beating Saracens. Yes, so not as much as I love Gloucester beating Saracens. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, if only they could actually beat good teams when half Never of their blood went away with the internationals. <laughs> Absolutely uh, brilliant. Yeah, it was. Just, I. They make no sense. <laughs> they make no sense at all. Right then, uh, quick Cuthbert Police on Cup update. Yes. That was glorious. possibly the most entertaining game of the weekend, by the way, for all of our yeah, chatting. 39-35, was it, the final score? It was indeed. Fair play to Oyana. They gave it their best shot to hand Jules Police on the trophy that bears his name. On Sunday, live on Sky Sports, for obvious reasons. Thank you, Sky Sports, for going out of your way to televise this important CPC uh, <laughs> class. Uh, but yes, they lost 39-35 away to start. Um, yeah, fucking hell. I've not done the calculation of how long they've had it now. It's been a little while. Ages. ages. Fucking ages. About a month, isn't it? When was the last time 70 points were scored in a, in a, in a, well, in a CPC match? CPC and throws and up thrillers. Yeah. And they weren't all th- scored by one side. <laughs> I mean, Amazing. yeah, glorious. Should we do shit good? Yes, we probably should, shouldn't we? The time is uh, ramping on again. So, oh, yes. I do love that David... Just before we get into the full shit goods, but I just loved it. I just loved it. This one, David Pritchard got in touch on Twitter. Just said, "Can we just put everyone in a Welsh jersey into shit, please?" I like that. So that was just yeah. A, can we just I, keep it simple? I left, everyone. I, left with you. I thought Reese Priestland was pretty good. Well, if only for his have... little cheeky heel flick thing. Oh, I did love that. And a lovely he... little wry smile on his face. Yeah, nice? I'm, enjoy- I'm enjoying Reese Priestland enjoying his rugby again. Was it his fault again, though? In uh, obviously, I've yes. spun it that way somehow. I'm sure so that somebody has somehow. Sp- speaking of people in Wales being their fault, I'm going to do good. That we'll, I'm going to switch to good now, only because I want to. Yes. Did you listen? Did you hear this? It's a penalty advantage. I mean, to be fair. Jiffy just totally go, into the shit. Yeah, we, go, going back to shit, Thomas Francis, you absolute moron. <laughs> yes, it's glorious. Like, ge- genuinely one of the Why would you things. do that? Yeah. <laughs> he was just giving voice to what literally <laughs> everyone was saying. And I'm not even talking oh, about your haircut. Why would you yeah. do that? <laughs> On many, to be honest with you, shit, haircuts. Haircuts, obviously, yes. Thomas Francis, worst haircut I've ever seen. And then you have the audacity to add insult to it by yeah. jumping the wrong side of the bloody rock. Yeah, that Georgian winger who looked like he was in a boy band. Yes, <laughs> 90s basis. Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith here trying to escape off the top of his head. <laughs> Stuart really? Hogg looks like he's got, you know, unstuck in time and he thinks he's in a early 2000s emo core band. It's just, it's an epidemic. It is an epidemic. An epidemic of terrible hair. Now you see, and Peter, you say you're not middle-aged. No, I don't understand the young people's haircuts. (laughs) That's the thing. The Stuart Hogg haircut is a young person's haircut from 2011. I should know. I had that haircut in 2011. (laughs) I'm visualising that now. Oh, it was a bad time. Um, So we're jumping between shit and good. What are we doing? uh, Fuck it, shit. Right. Tell you what, shit, speaking of Stuart Hogg. Yeah. People who were saying and making out like Stuart Hogg nearly scored at the death there. No, no, I didn't. It was, a over there, but yeah. it was an incredible run. And he was doing he was it all going... game. He was incredible. Yeah, all he was game. one of yeah. the best performances I've ever seen from him. But he was going in to touch 10 minutes out, and there was lo- 10 metres out, rather, and there was loads of cover there. So just chill out. Just show you who, when, when you're coached properly with actually talented players, it's really fucking easy, this game. 
Yeah. You just get the ball to where it needs to go to, and you pick a good line and you pop an inside ball, and it's successful time and time again. I tell you what, though, he has trimmed down a fair bit this season. He is moving a bit. And fuck me, he's quick. Jesus. He did say in the Lions documentary, doesn't he? He does make a point about he felt he lost, you know, he's playing terribly last yeah. year, and he, he feels like he lost six months of his, or 12 months of his career, basically. He's played, dropped by Glasgow, sent off in the Six mm. Nations. It's easy to forget he's, you know, people have often, quest- and some people still do question his decision-making and stuff like that, but, you know, yeah. fuck that. You know, if he's not what you want to watch rugby for, then what? why are you here? Yeah, who cares about his decision-making? Just let him loose. Yes. And let him do what the hell he wants. Oh, a beautiful kick for that try. That oh, yeah, it. that was delicious, wasn't it? Yeah. Sorry, we, we were talking about shit, but you see, they, they, they're having a funny turn this week. We keep... Being pulled back to positive things. It's like it's like shit things and good things are like the sort of yeah. there's a kind of weird, um yeah actual shit then with no redeeming qualities. <laughs> um Dave Carney. He scored Five. two tries. What do you mean? And conceded one <laughs> with a hideous intercept, and just it was, was oh. it just righted the universe, didn't it? <laughs> it did right, didn't it? Not, we don't call him the baffled puffin for nothing. It was full baffling, wasn't it? Just like, what is why shit? We could have just superimposed, you know, Jiffy going, why did you do that? Why would you do <laughs> why that? Would you do, why, why would you do that? <laughs> the, um, yeah, and also, tell you what is shit as well, speaking of people who play out wide, is Johnny May at any point before outside 15 metres from the try. line? Yeah. Yeah. If he's not 15 metres from the line, don't give him the ball. Outside of fifteen meters from the line, hmm. it's a terrible. He terrible will just idea. run diagonally across oh, the field. He hasn't got a clue. He hasn't got no. a clue. It's like if you he's can, inexplicable if you can... chopsticks for eighty meters, <laughs> and then the last bit, genius. He's like one of you know how cats, right? They can't. They've got like they can see far away, but they can't see up close to them yes. that well. So like there's a sort of there's like a, a like a happy sort of spot where they can see. That's why you can perfect. like flick the V's right in the cat's face. And he's got the yeah, master's got no idea what's going on. Yeah, but I think with Johnny May, it's like he can't like unless he's within fifteen meters of the try line. He has literally like he's got some, like some sort of weird tunnel vision where he can't see anything else until he gets within fifteen meters of the try line, and then suddenly Whoa, it snaps it into fo- <laughs> snaps into focus and like you know. They drop the correct prescription lenses into the, the opticians and they drop <laughs> exactly them in. Exactly that. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see everything. Yeah. <laughs> T-R-Y. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. What else have we got oh, this shit? Um, that pic of, uh, the, the picture of Danny Kerr that Sky used at the end of the game. And it shows you like pointing at the kit. Now you know what? He had a great game, Danny Care. I tell you what, he's in he is in my good. Eleven yeah. minutes is about all I trust him with at test level, but fair play. Yeah, but England now, you see. Drop him now. Because mm. he's done it. He's done that yeah. eleven minutes. So you're literally probably talking ten to fifteen games until this is gonna happen again. Easy. Let him play those for Quinns. Yeah, let him go and bring him back in, I don't know, next summer <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. When, he's, when he's due again. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't blame Danny Care for that. They're obviously asked to pose and stuff. It's the fact that some knobhead at Sky in the control box decided to put that in there with him yeah. pointing at the camera. It's like, oh, seriously? It's it's like, can make me hate you a little less, why don't you? Oh. I don't know if, if you can hear this from a shit point of view, but did you see this on Scrum 5? Do we dare to dream? 
truly to aspire to be greater, part of the very fabric that makes us human. As a lad, I dreamt that I would walk out on the arms path and play for Wales. Oxley. The countless boys and girls, the length and breadth of our proud country, from Tenerife to Orkney, from Brit to Port Madden, we share that one dream. Gentlemen, Still going. Step out on that hallowed turf. You are living our dream. Who is that? It's was that Jason Mohammed? No. They they just at the end of it they said, Here's number one Welsh fan to talk about New Zealand. And he stands up at the crowd and does that. I'm assuming he's some kind of actor. And also, does this not, is why I do, do was I, Eddie Butler. Like, has Eddie Butler put his rates up or something? That's he just he's got like a pair of snow washed jeans on. It's not a good look. And basically, he, he stood up and did that. And it's like you know, come and do our dreams. Like what? So basically, you think every Welsh person's dream is to lose by thirty five points? <laughs> and it's just and, I cannot stand all that, of that shit. Bollocks, man! It's like I get why really, you get him really to stand up and go. Please just fucking coach them properly. And sit down again. <laughs> that would have been better. Just fucking coach them. And then storm yeah. out. <laughs> I'm fucking had enough. I'm Do mad. your fucking job. I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. No, that was terrible. This is why I don't watch Scrum 5. This is what is to not be made angry about these things. Horrendous. Oh. Yeah, that was shit. Speaking, Carry on. Yeah. Shit for me. Um, this is slightly personal, I will admit. Oh, but okay. games where... Both teams wear their alternate shirts. Wales, Georgia. Wales in their away kit. Georgia in their away kit. Well, they've got to sell it somehow. Hey, you've got a rugby shirt thing. You should be I loving know, this. You get content. Rugby tradition is, if there's a kick clash, which, fair enough, Georgia and Wales both play in red. Fair enough. Kick clash. Hmm. Home team changes. That's fine. Wales wear their away kit. Why are Georgia wearing their away kit as well? This happened last year as well with uh, against Samoa. It's like, seriously, just fucking either one or the other, not both. I would um, just stupid. If you took the Subaru thing off this Welsh change dip, I actually quite like it. Uh, yeah, the sponsor's not great, it's quite nice shit. Yeah. Surprisingly. I'm surprised myself by liking it. Yeah. It is a shame that that Subaru logo is fucking ginormous, though. It looks like a rally car circa 1996. Looks like it should be dri- driven by Carlos Sainz. <laughs> Colin McRae. <laughs> yeah. We all played that on PlayStation, didn't we? Oh, yes. That's the only thing I know. That's the reason I know any names. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, other shit, actually. Go. Why can't, why can't, have they not made a good rugby game since Jonah Lomi Rugby on the PlayStation? It got absolutely panned, didn't it, the, the latest one? The, the latest one, which I saw an advert for in the, amongst uh, Quinn's uh, Exeter yesterday. And I've never read such bad reviews of a video game. <laughs> Basically saying it's unplayable, which I would have thought would be a baseline. And not in a good way. Not in like an All Blacks way. Not in a Jonah yeah, Lomu no, way. Not in a Jonah Lomu, yeah. But literally, just take Jonah Lomu rugby, make it look a bit nicer. Exactly the same. Everything else, we'll buy it. I got a free um, one from the last World Cup, the official one. Oh, that was, was terrible. Like, yeah, it was terrible. I gave it to my son. He wasn't that interested either. It was terrible, and also only about two of the teams were actually licensed. Mm. So they just had loads of made-up names, like in in a Pro Evolution Soccer, where it's like it like, was exactly that, yeah. It's, Manchester oh. Cardinals and all that stuff. Anyway, if they can make a handball game, why can't they make a rugby game? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. 
other shit, Caleb Whiteford got in touch on Twitter and he said, mm. shit, one, Stuart Barnes attempting to quote Shakespeare. Oh, God almighty. Two, Stuart Barnes then misquoting Shakespeare. <laughs> David Flatman's been in, out in a defence of uh, Stuart Barnes this week. Um, oh, dear me. Yeah. Which just goes to show that you shouldn't trust a professional rugby player's opinion about anything. But I do... One thing that really annoys me about supporters of Barnes, and if you like him, you like him, fine. But it's the faux intellectual nature of him that they kind of cling onto. He's very bright. You want to see his library, how many books he's got. So? Don't care. Couldn't care less. So what else was shit? On Twitter, Ant P's got in touch, and this is very true. He said shit for him was the pyrotechnics that served no purpose to the game other than to render it unseeable for the next ten minutes. That was the Classic. Ireland game, which did look like it was in like a, a London <laughs> smog from 1897 by the time they finished. Brilliant. Um, I think that's me for shit, actually. Okay, let's do a bit Oh, more. actually, one more shit, and it's also kit, rugby kit related, weirdly. Oh. Saracens have released a new third jersey today, and it's not a cha- European shirt. It's not a cup shirt. It's not a charity shirt. It is a what other category is there, Josh? Enlighten it me. is a special edition kit that they're going to wear against Quinns when they play in the Olympic Stadium in March. What, because but it's in the Olympic Stadium? They are, No, not even because of that. It is a kit that they've created in association with their partner Allianz. Right. It's blue. It's blue like Allianz. <laughs> and it has a pattern on the front that is designed to represent the pinstripes of a suit of a City of London trader. Now, oh my god! Is that the worst thing you've ever heard? Because it might be the worst thing I've, I've ever heard. I've literally just been a little bit sick. <laughs> it's like, sorry, everyone hates you already. There's no need to literally on your shirt align yourself with the most loathed bunch of pricks in the whole. <laughs> I'm sure some of them are nice on a personal level. But I tell you what, though, the kit's very nice. Oh, that's even, oh, that's terrible, isn't it? It's blue with a nice little pattern on the front of it. Oh, looks like, lovely. That's the one you watch a comedian, you go, shit, this bloke, and you find yourself giggling after like one joke yeah, after yeah. ten minutes. Shit! I don't agree that. with him, but he is funny. Yeah. yeah, it's that. So, yeah, that's one of the most cynical and awful that's reasons. That's the stuff that when you start playing rugby at under sevens, that's the stuff you dream of. That's what of, you dream of. One day, I, dream I hope of... to wear an Allianz-inspired jersey. Yeah, I dream of pulling on the famous blue jersey of, <laughs> in association with Allianz. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's Jack Scott got in touch an email. He said, Shit was how Stuart Hogg blamed himself for the Scottish loss. Oh, Stuart, don't Stuart, blame please yourself. don't do that, Stuart. If you need no. to give us a call, we'll tell you that it's fine. Yes. Uh, Tim Gorman got in touch on Twitter and he said, Shit with him was London Irish literally allowing Matt Banahan through the defensive line at walking pace. I did so see that. It was incredible. <laughs> That's how he, bad he London Irish are. He was playing at 12, for God's sake. There was no... <laughs> You're not even stretched when he's playing at 12. No. Come on. No. He literally just basically walked at a medium pace. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Uh, that's, a, that's plumb new depth. Yes, it really has. As Ian McGill said, when we were on Stuart Hogg, Ian McGill said, uh, shit is that the universe can, can produce five Kardashian sisters, but only one Stuart Hogg. That is very true. I mean, cloning. Scotland invented cloning. Did it Get really? On it. Well, I didn't know. Cloning and the television. Is that, is that what... I mean, Dolly the Sheep was Scotland, wasn't it? I don't know. You mentioned it. I I'm it not bad with trivia, but I, that's beyond I, my... Fuck it. I'm, I'm saying it is. 
You invented cloning. Well done, Scotland. Ladies and gentlemen, who invented, with... who invented cloning? Please let us know. We've got a few <laughs> scientists that follow us. Let us know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, get on with cloning Stuart Hogg immediately. Oh, imagine a backline of Stuart Hogg's. That'd be amazing. And you could make them different. 10, no, 15, oh, yeah. Like, 10, you know, like, 15, the, both. On the NBA, remember the NBA games? I had the, like, the yes. NBA 97 on PlayStation, whatever it was. NBA and, Jam. Yeah, That's and, we, game. and you could make your own player. And I made a bloke that was five foot eleven, and like three hundred pounds. Yes. And I caught and, and gave him the fastest pace. So this like yes. he was basically like that's the most fun thing to do in any. Yeah, he was game. basically yes. like um, Gary Jenkins, but basketball version. And yes. I called him Fat Boy Moist Missile. I don't know why. <laughs> and it was the most hilarious thing in the entire world. And so imagine if you could clone Stuart Hogg to be that all these different size Stuart Hogs, but with the same pace. Oh, that would be. Glorious! I would love every minute of that, but also, I kind of want. It kind of makes me want to buy that rugby game now, just to do that. <laughs> can you do it in the reviews? Can you make your own players? Yes. Because sold. If if so. Yeah. If so, I'm. There was an amazing, totally off topic here. There was an amazing piece of. <laughs> I don't work. Brilliant. That's a disgrace. Well, yeah, go on. Yes, brilliant, brilliant journalism by a guy called John Boyce at Sport, uh, Sporting Nation, where he took the Madden. He had a series called Breaking Madden. <laughs> where his attempt was to basically just destroy the Madden games through mm. doing ridiculous things with it. And one of them was creating, as you say, a six foot nine, three hundred and sixty-five pound <laughs> quarterback with ninety-nine everything called Clarence Beef Tank. And then, <laughs> this is one of the great names. And then just put him around the league and make him play for different teams and and see how much fun he could have with it. And yes, if Google Breaking Madden if you want to laugh an awful lot at gifts of computer games doing things that they were not supposed to do. And who doesn't want to do that? Although I think Clarence Beefcake played for Canada in the 91 World Cup, actually. <laughs> yeah, was he one of those ones that got into a fight? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, back at the pod, uh, good yes. is, um, is it, let's go to good. We've mm. already done, I've done, we've done Gloucester beating Saracens. We've done Stuart Hogg. I've done Jiffy saying, why would you do that? <laughs> um, on video things, have you seen that video of Adam Jones mic'd up when he was coaching the Quinns A-team this no, weekend? No, I haven't. Oh, have a look for that on the Quinns YouTube channel because it is quite, it's basically just Adam narrating the game as he's going on and somebody basically saying, like, when they go, it's going a bit rough in the first half. He's like, I'll bring my kit out in a little plastic bag, and if the situation arises, I will put it on. <laughs> Good man. What else and yes, to... it's just—it's also very funny to see how his voice goes up about four octaves when he gets excited. <laughs> what have we got? Uh, uh, this good from Twitter. We've got Andrew Collon that got in touch, and he said, "Good." Hmm. Speaking of props, he said, "Good is Daryl Marfo." Yes, third yes. choice at Quinns, journeyman pro, nearly beats the All Blacks. And at one point, there were 30 metre pass off his left hand. Yes, it was absurd. What is it about Gregor Townsend that turns all players into fucking Harlem Globetrotters-esque geniuses? He, yeah, he amazing. Doesn't, he doesn't... If you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't think that's what he does, would you? No, he really wouldn't. I don't know what you think he did, like sort of yeah. worked in a chip shop or something. He looks but... like a sort of pressed-in Mr. Punch and somehow <laughs> manages to produce these wonderful people. Yeah. On the good side... Yeah. Um, Digby Ioani. Oh. Menace. Absolute menace. Reiko Ioani, then. Uh, yes, sorry, yeah. Um, but yes, genu- I still agree with you. Yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That bit where he ridiculous. just they had him banged to rights and then he just wriggled out. He just keeps and just <laughs> carried on. How is he still going? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? He's so, he's so slight. He doesn't look strong. But he's not small, is he? I think he just no. looks small. He he isn't though, is he? He's quite a big he's got, guy. But in the Liam Williams school, I think he's got a bit of whatever the New Zealand equivalent of council estate Would strength. Would that be like is. inner city Auckland strength? Yeah, something of that ilk. Whatever it is, he doesn't look massive, but he's strong and he's quick and he's oh, I'm very glad he's injured. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me. Although, yeah, we've all thought it, let's be honest. Yeah, delighted. At one point now, we're rugby watching lives, we've all thought it. Yeah, I'm glad that we're only probably going to lose by 20 points instead of 30 now, so happy days. Yeah, because imagine if... Because if, if he was playing, I'd just switch into the other wing to run at Steph Evans. Or is he injured yeah. as well? Uh, I think Steph Evans is fit, so yeah, it would be fun watching the pair of them run at each other all day. What else have we got that's good Twitter-wise? Uh, ben Twilly got in touch. He said, good is Joe Launchbury every time he pulls yes. on England shirt. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous, the consistency of the man. Yeah. He's a, and spends uh, the whole time looking like a bloodhound, which is somehow makes it even more. <laughs> and yet, I still don't think he was wrong to get take him on the Lions when you look at how well all of the other locks are playing. We didn't mention we did a Lions review, actually, how they dealt with the Geography 6 bit in that. It was actually quite mm. good. Especially yeah. uh, Corey... Was very good with his Corey Evans was excellent with yes. his worth his a watch if you seen introduction. It yes, yeah. especially the relatives bit. It yes. was very funny, um, but yeah, I just think that he, yeah, he's on another level. But at the same time, like people have said, oh, should he be captain? It's like, oh, what? So you're going to drop one of Courtney Laws or Itoje or Cruis for them, are you? Well, Cruis was playing for Saracens at the weekend. That's how mental the England second row option is. England's and he still lost row. to Gloucester. Boom! Oh, yes, well, exactly. But England's second row options are absolutely outrageous. They have got the best depth of second rows of any team in the world. Probably true. a country fuck mile. Yeah, absolutely true, yeah. Because even you think about the ones who are not even near the squad, they're all pretty damn decent. Yeah. They had they could, in this world and stuff. Yeah, they could happily get, you know, they could get six deep in locks, I yeah. reckon, before they start to really not have a test caliber player in there, and that's mad. Sorry, I just punched my microphone there. As I do uh, every week, contractual requirements. Indeed. Um, Alvaro got in touch on Twitter. He said, um, "Good thing was speaking of Gloucester was was Benji mm. Velicott on Friday. He's l- the literal antithesis of Glacial Greg. Hyperactive <laughs> as hell. Yes. Isn't he Scottish as well?" I don't know that much about him. I, don't know. I think he probably. I think he might well be. In which case, um, that could be a good little Ali Price Velikot one two there. Like Ali Price, that's what I don't know. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he can't can grow it. Top of my head. No, uh, I can't remember either. Speaking of Scotland, Peebles Elbow got in touch on Twitter, and he said, uh, "At blood and mud," and he said, "Good is Finn Russell's cool interception and out number three to one. That took some balls. That did. That did take some massive fucking balls. Now, that, that's literally yellow card or glory." Yeah, yeah. There was there was all just horrendous. No yeah, or jumping out of the line and conceding a really soft try. It's yeah, fair play to him. That's um, good for me. Sam Whitelock. Yeah. Never gets talked about like Vitalik does, but fuck me, he's good. I think he's because he doesn't do that quite as. He doesn't seem to be carrying in the open as much as Vitalik ends up doing. No, he? but he thing. does all of that niggly shit. Yeah, he's proper, and he does it so well. 
Must be good. That's good. Sheila Harris got in touch on Twitter. He, she said, "Good was Scotland, yes, yes, yes." And she said, "Also was shit spending two hours watching Wales when I could have been burning my eyes out with hot pokers." <laughs> I would have been preferable, to be honest. Yeah, there you go. Let us know what's better than watching Wales right now. <laughs> Burn your hashtag eyes out with hot pokers. Hashtag better than watching Wales. Can I just say thank you, by the way, to everybody out there who contributed to Historical Taulupe this week? Ah, uh, that was one of my favourite things. <laughs> it was completely it, it stupid. Not, it didn't it might last not very long. On. Yeah, <laughs> I, I never thought it was going to catch on like rugby players feeding ducks or yeah, it required John too Holly much songs because yeah, it requires ability, Photoshop yeah. skills, and neither of us have got Photoshop skills, so I'm not sure why we yeah. expected anybody else to have that. <laughs> and I, yeah, However, yeah, I did thoroughly enjoy did absolutely all of them. Thank you, everybody, for contributing to that. Graham Golding got in touch in defence of Wales, even though Graham's a oh, Scottish person. Good luck. He said, "Good no is Georgia because actually." The Georgian defence was determined and physical, and they did dominate at the scrum. But we said before, Graham, that they were rubbish, so I'm sorry, yeah. but it doesn't wash. The rugby team's got to be a bit more than having a good scrum and relatively decent defence. It does. But credit where credit's due, they were good yes, in that regard. they were all right. But yeah. it just shows that they're not quite what they should people profess they would wish them to be, I suppose. Yeah, they don't look like Six Nations members elect. David Nash on Twitter said, "Good with the combination of the Su- the, S- the Sonny Bill Williams offload, Mackenzie Lambert, oh, Barrett. What a try that was! By he the was way. fucking pornographic, wasn't it? They're fucking horrible bastards, aren't they? In the best possible way, it's just like you know, that's all they need. Yeah, it's the way they just run no, through the line. We said, well. we said this during the Lions tour, mm. like more than any other team, and maybe Scotland now when you think about it, but more than any other team." They always have three people beyond the line when a break goes I know, through. it's remarkable, They all just it? commit to pushing through the line, don't they? And Bowden Barrett, man, like, how quick... Like, is he the quickest fly-off we've seen since Jiffy? Because, Jesus Christ, he's fast. First 20 metres, he's Jason That's Robinson the thing, has. it's that, yeah. f- that first 20 metre burst to get him beyond the line of defence is unreal. And every time I see it... It just, I, I still can't get used to seeing it. It's not normal for a 10 to be that quick. Because that's how he got across the hit. Hog at the end. Yeah, to take Hog out, yeah. If, if that had been another fly Yeah, if that had been another fly-off, he would probably... would have covering behind there. Yeah, then that probably would have been, you know, just about bungling him into touch a couple of yards short. But instead, it was Bowden Barrett, who he got top 10 metres short. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably it from a shit good point of view. Unless yes. you have anything else that you wish to talk about. No, I feel like I have uh, excoriated my demons. and uh... <laughs> Once again. Join yes. us next week when Josh will be have a whole load of new demons to slay. When, uh... <laughs> when Wales 7 or Wales 10 All Blacks 38 uh, is... Uh... I worry about Reese Priestland next week if he's selected. I don't think he'll I don't think he will. He'll be on the bench, maybe. He'll come on just long enough for the game to fall apart around his and ears. People to blame him for it. And people to blame him for it. Yeah, exactly that. That's the thing. One last point about Cuthbert, right? Mm. Now, I feel a bit. I do feel a little bit sorry for Alex Cuthbert. Okay. Me too. But there's something fundamentally wrong with a player at international level. Well, everybody basically is just expressing everything about you through in 
the context of sympathy. Even the yeah. commentators do it. Oh, I just wish he could just get his hands on the ball. And, oh, he just needs to this. He just said, no, he's an international fucking rugby player. Yeah. If he can't catch the ball and do this, and this is true of any of them, but it's really funny the way the approach comes up. Like, I'm sorry, if you need that level of sympathy and nannying, then you really shouldn't be playing international rugby. Yeah. It's almost, it went so far one way where yeah, he, got a lot, he got a lot of criticism that wasn't necessarily fair. And he got blamed for a lot of things that weren't necessarily his fault. And now it's at the point where they feel sorry for him because he had such... A, it's a, in a similar way to Priestland, really, that he had such a fucking horrible time of it that it's now they don't want to accept the fact that he has gone to absolute shit and doesn't look like a test winger anymore. Yes. Yeah, and that's just the way it is. But yeah, you can't keep... Somebody made the point, so I think it was Mike Bubbins, actually. He was coming back on Mike Bubbins, actually, in a few weeks. Oh, cool. Um, he said, uh, was saying that nobody trusts him. There's a serious worry about whether they actually trust him in that team to actually give him the ball. But we, we'll never know that, but yeah. there's probably an element of that. Mm. And that, as they say, yes. is that. Is the end of that. Yes. yes. And uh, we'll speak to you all next week. Indeed. Take care, everyone. Take care. Goodbye. You might hear the word insolvency and think companies, but insolvency is just another term to describe serious financial problems for anyone. You could be insolvent if you can't pay your bills in full when they're due, you're paying a little off each bill trying to keep creditors at bay, or you've had calls and letters about missed repayments and threats of repossession. The Insolvency Service of Ireland, or ISI, has four debt solutions to help people with all levels of problem debt, from credit cards to mortgages. For more information, visit backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI. Together, we'll get you back on track. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.